From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Join the thousands of coaches across the world that are part of Team Builder Nation, the incredible online strength and conditioning software provides a toolbox for features for all coaches at all levels. One awesome feature is the 1RM Max Tracker. Team Builder makes tracking maxes easy for any method since you can record and store max data, project 1RM over time, and use the stored maxes to determine prescribed weights for an exercise and have access to the visual reports so you can see the maxes over time. Other features include an updated messaging platform and the ability to create sports science questionnaires for athletes or clients to answer on their own phones. That's right, that's sports science data in the palm of your hand. Start your free 14-day trial today by using the promo code CHALK, that's promo code C-H-A-L-K, and begin programming with the software built to fit any level strength coach in any setting. Team Builder prides itself on putting the customer first and offers affordable pricing with subscription plans starting at just $50 a month. For more information on everything that Team Builder has to offer or schedule a 30-minute demo with Team Builder Expert, visit teambuilder.com and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Perch delivers velocity-based training, no strings attached, Perch was engineered at MIT and uses compact 3D cameras to monitor and manage weight room performance without being a distraction. Perch is a VBT built for the 21st century. Attach Perch to any weight rack in minutes. While you lift, Perch uses cameras to passively collect velocity and power data, output in real time, and store it in post-workout analysis. Perch is a revolutionary and innovative sports technology device that enhances workouts, reduces injuries, and saves time. Perch works with every level organization from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the military, D1 through high school, the private sector, and the home gym. Perch is portable, easy to install, and intuitive to use, making it ideal for every facility and every training goal. No more pre-workout setup, no more wearables, no more broken strings. Set Perch up once, optimize every rep, every set, and every training session. Train with increased precision and measure and manage your progress every step of the way. For exclusive deals and offers, head to perch.fit slash chalk. Again, that's perch.fit slash chalk to check out deals, exclusive offers, and see how Perch can help take your program to the next level. Welcome back to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. On this special episode, we look back at some of the best advice our guests have given for the up and coming strength coach. Keep your eyes out on social media to check out the top five episodes of 2022 while you enjoy the holidays. Thank you for listening this year. We'll be back with more great episodes in 2023. What's some advice you'd give to the younger strength coach? So not necessarily like younger in age, but just younger in the profession. They're maybe an intern or a GA or a first time assistant. You know, they're in the the grind of what we do and they're trying to make a name for themselves. What's some advice you give to those strength coaches? 
I think first and foremost, and this is just something because, you know, I've worked with people that I really respect and I think um, are really, you know, highly regarded in this field. Um, Like you got to work your butt off. And I think uh, sometimes that gets lost in translation of, you know, logo chasing and thinking that, you know, being at a power five or whatever is, you know, the end all be all. It's not um, working your butt off and like making sure that you're doing what's best for the athletes that you're with right now is really the most important thing that you can do. Um, So that would be, you know, first and foremost, something that, you know, I feel like I was told and from people that I really respect. And I think, you know, it's taught me a lot and, you know, I have had to work my butt off because of it. Um, thankfully so. Um, but yeah, I think that would be first and foremost. And I think the second easy one is, you know, choose your mentors really wisely. Um, I think the three people that I can name off the top of my head, which would be Dave Scholes, you know, Alan Bishop and uh, Richard Borden. And they're probably, you know, the three smartest people that I know. Um, and, you know, I've been lucky to be mentored by them and be around them, but they're constantly, you know, kind of pushing me to be better. Um, and I'm constantly reflecting back on how I can actually be better. So, you know, I, I owe a lot to them, but, um, I think it's really important to have those type of mentors that one are going to, you know, obviously teach you a lot, but then to continue to push you you know, even as you move on from, you know, that GA spot, even if you move on from that first full-time role into, you know, your second full-time role, there's still a lot of growth and development that all of us still really need to do. I would say, and again, this is kind of, this might kind of go back to what I was saying about some things that you have to experience with, which sucks, you know, it's experience can be a B sometimes, but, um, be willing, I suppose, be willing to, to, go out and experience some of those things. Like we talked about, maybe check out a high school. Maybe, um, I don't necessarily want to just tell everybody to like volunteer their time, but maybe there's a coach at a local park that does some, uh, training that you've seen and might be something that you're interested in. I think the more kind of wide ranging experience you have, the more you'll see is out there because it, frankly, I think still in our profession, we think, just like I did when I was an intern, like it's, it's big time division one collegiate strength and conditioning pro coach, or I'm, I'm meaningless in this profession, you know, or, or my career isn't as meaningful as it would have been, which is a real unfortunate. It's something that leads into, you know, um, some of the other negatives of our profession of, you know, uh, logo chasing, or just kind of always being in a state of discontent or, you know, the next stop is always better. Um, I think that's just something that we get so wrapped up in that that is is not for the good of coaches' mental health. It's not for the good of coaches' programming. It's not for the good of those programs. And it's not all on us. But if if young coaches can understand that, you know, it's okay to find a place and be happy there and and find some content and and be there for a long time. Um, I think is I, I think the more and I kind of had an experience like that uh, back in college that like I frankly I had transferred twice. I transferred from the Air Force Academy to Wagner College, which I guess that was kind of my only transfer. But then I graduated from Wagner and took my graduate years at North Texas while I was still competing. So from a competition standpoint, I transferred twice. To be honest with you, if it was up to me, and this is this is completely a knock on myself and not not the college, I, I probably would have 
transferred from Wagner sooner. Um, if, if I had, if, if some people that were in my corner allowed me to at that time, and there were some other things that weren't binding me there, I probably would have, which would have completely changed my life. And I probably would have been a super negative person today if I'd have allowed that experience to take hold of me. Um, and instead, frankly, it's, it started there. And I think young coaches can, can start now in that I, I just, I, I just tried to take on a, an approach of like, all right, well, I'm not going anywhere. So why not just make the best of, of what I have? And that's not, I'm not necessarily saying that's a, that's a life plan. That's what you should do. Oh, well, this, this is terrible. I'm just going to make the best of it. it. It wasn't terrible. And that's my, that's my point is I was trying to find things that weren't, right, so to speak, to make it seem like my experience and, and, you know, where I was at was so bad when in reality I had everything positive going for me, just uh, one bad thing, which was those injuries. And then I picked up track and that changed my, my vision quite a bit. So I was grateful and lucky to have that experience, even if it was a negative, but that's a, that's a main thing. And I know that's so hard for somebody to put into words or somebody to hear and feel that it, it's, it's okay to be content somewhere. And it's okay to not feel like just because that person's uh, over there at that bigger school, that that's uh, that they're happier, that they're more successful, um, that what they're doing on a daily basis is more meaningful because quite frankly, I'm not going to say it's the opposite, but it, it certainly in most cases is not the case that, you know, you see what that other person's doing over there, especially with social media. We see how happy everybody looks. And then all of a sudden, everybody's at a new job every year. And, you know, it's 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 just finding, you know, it's OK to find a place and it's OK to settle into a place and build something and and be there for a long time, even if it's not, you know, even if you're not hoisting a, a national championship over your head at the end of a year. Um, there's, there's greater things in our profession than that. Be open-minded, stay patient, stay hungry. Um, and it's also like have a moment to reflect I don't know. Yeah. Like make sure you're reflecting because you spend a lot of time and a lot of love and a lot of heart into this profession. And if it doesn't, you know, give you a smile or, or make your, your light bright, uh, it might not be for you. So I think it's also okay to, to constantly ask yourself like, all right, is this the direction I want to go? Like, that's fine. Uh, and it might be college and it might be pro and it might be private, it might be sports tech. I think there's so many more avenues now. Um, but I would also say, sometimes I feel like you enter the field and you just put your head down. Uh, then you, by the time you pick up, you're like, man, I'm just tired. I think I'm done. Uh, and so I, I think it's okay okay to like take a minute and be like, okay, like, what do I like about this? What do I not like? Or maybe I really like the sports science stuff. Do I want to go down that for, for a minute? So, um, on, stop, on top of like staying hungry and staying patient, um, yeah, being reflective, I guess would be the other advice I ever give. Uh, cause I certainly just put my head down and ran as hard and fast as I could until I got here. <laughs> I feel like I'm still doing it, but I don't know if that's the way to go. I think I think you should press pause every once in a while. That's what I would say to my younger self. So if you're a GA and you just stepped into an assistant spot somewhere, right? 
or wherever. Maybe you step into a director role. I won't paint you in that box, right? So let's say you're getting your first full-time experience. My suggestion for you, because this was what was, you know, told of me and I, and I understand it and I see it now is go get yourself an intern, go get yourself an intern and it doesn't have to be a perfect intern and, you know, imperfect in the sense of like, uh, an experienced intern, right? Maybe this is their first experience. Maybe they're super green, but go get you an intern because that's going to teach you a lot from a managerial standpoint. It's going to allow up some free space for you to be, you know, maybe you're not the setup guy anymore. Maybe you got some, a guy or a girl that's in there that can help you set up and that can free some space for you to dive in a little deeper to, you know, some more logistical, uh, aspects of that session that day, or, you know, someone having someone else lean on you for development is a, is a really big responsibility. And so it's pivotal to start learning how to do that as early as possible. So that would be my advice for someone going into their first full-time experience. Now, my advice for an intern, right, coming in to maybe going into their graduate assistantship or maybe going in from their first internship or their second or whatever you have, I would suggest to mess up as much as possible and don't be afraid, safely, of course, right? But don't be afraid to be wrong because I truly believe that addition by subtraction is the most powerful lesson to learn, right? Knowing what doesn't work is better than knowing what does because there's a lot of things that work, right? And so if you can eliminate the things that don't work, uh, whether it's coaching cues, whether it's programming style, whether it's um, logistics of a session, whether it's scheduling, time management, whatever, go in there, go in there full force and be wrong because it's okay. I'm wrong now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm wrong all the time, but just have that, have that vulnerability and that humility to be out on an Island and be okay being wrong and being checked for being wrong. That's fine. Like being checked for being wrong is okay. That means that you are no longer going to make that same mistake, hopefully. But that would be my advice for, for that, for that new upcoming intern. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously Obviously, they train themselves. Obviously, they need to network. Um, keep things simple. I think another thing is is really listen. I think that's a problem with a lot of individuals. They, you know, especially coming out of college, they already know. They already know. We you know. Well, I did. You know, I did a you know a physical assessment um, of this sport and that sport, so I know how to train that sport, and that's how they're going to do it. I think you really need to listen to the coaching staffs. You know, see the athletes move uh, because what you do may do at one school. Um, you may have a totally different athlete at another school. So some things may be a little bit, you know, different, right? So really listen to the coaches and what they want. Uh, Cause that's the biggest thing. A lot of people understand when you get to the college level, even the pro level, it's more about what the coaches want rather than what the, the athletes actually need. Right. So it's like, uh, because sometimes those coaches pay your bills and give you a check. So um, if you're not on the same page like that, sometimes you really have to work that fine line as far as uh, you know, if a coach wants to, to build mental toughness and, wants their team to be physical and you wants them, you know, to, to run them all the time and you have a little bit different philosophy, you kind of have to mesh that a little bit. So really listening to what that, that coach wants. Um, 
what else? I think another thing, there's another thing that I was just thinking of, I lost my mind a little bit, but, um, oh, take time to for yourself. I think that's a big thing. You know, the, the cool thing, you know, it's a cool thing to work, you know, 16 hour days. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's a cool thing, but you know, 10, 15 years go by, um, you're not married yet. You've had four or five relationships that fell through. You've moved to a different place every other year. Um, you haven't seen your parents for their birthdays or for new year's or for Christmas. Uh, pretty soon life passes by, right? So really take time for yourself. Um, I think that's really a big thing. Now you'll see, you know, some job postings and pay is, you know, very little. And all of a sudden people are up in arms, you know, Oh, this is, you know, this is the way it is, or, Hey, this is, you know, we need to find a different profession. We need to do something in justice. Well, the thing is you might not be able to really do much about that right then and there. So take some time for yourself, right? Like, um, have a backup plan because you never know, you know, when a department may want to let you go or may a coach may want to let you go. So have a backup plan as far as those things go, whether it's, you know, whether it's a side job or whether it's training people or whether it's another career that you want to go into um, a business. A lot of people are, are selling, you know, templates or are coming up with different things. So just have something that it's marketable and that you're, you know, but I think that's a big thing is really fun. knowing who you are, you know, like there aren't a lot of, there truthfully are a lot of, you know, strength coaches that are over 50, um, you know, so it's like, okay, what are you going to, you know, are you going to last 50 years old? You know, how, how, what are you going to do afterwards? Right. So it's like, you kind of have to figure out where your placement is and what you need to do. If you, if, you know, if they're, if you're able to be there for 55, 60 years old, that's fantastic. Right. Um, but just a matter of, you know, you don't see that anymore. You don't see a lot of older coaches. Um, and that could just be because of the wear and tear of life. It could because the real world caught up to them. Um, there's a lot of different tangibles. Why, but um, you just need to take time for yourself and find out who you really are and what you like and, and have hobbies. That way you're just not totally obsessed um, about strength conditioning all the time. And that's, that way you have time away from it too, right? You don't get burnt out. Um, and, but the big thing is just, you know, that mental health aspect is really important too. So. Well, for one, make sure it's what you want to do. Um, you know, make sure that you understand the pay. I think a lot of interns that I've spoken to a few, we've interviewed them and they're like, well, the pay is like 400,000. I'm like, <laughs> what coach are you looking at? Cause it's like the end of the spectrum, right? Like my first job was like 19, like, no, that's not how it works. Um, but like, I think anywhere you go, especially in our field, like being open-minded to absolutely everything, because I think when you go into intern, you get super influenced by that first, you know, impression of whoever you're working with. And then you go into a new setting and it's almost like that, that's not right. You know? So one being able to stay open-minded into different settings, because I think it's going to allow individuals to be more diverse and be able to offer more going into a bigger job or going into their next job, because then, now, not only do you have a strong foundation of your first mentor, but now you're able to grasp different concepts from everybody else. Um, and then also don't like know your principles and know why you do them. And if you see things on Twitter, nine times out of 10, it's probably not a fit for you. Um, regardless, like ask questions, ask a lot of questions. Like I, that's the only way I know how to do things continually ask questions, because if not, you're kind of just retaining what people tell you. And that's not necessarily a truth. That's just a part of their truth. Um, and so I think if we can just stay open-minded, ask questions and like not get down a wormhole of having to do things a certain way, um, individuals will be better off and, you know, don't be rude to people. I think it, this 
like this is in general. I think people are just like, can be very rude. And then you just burn so many bridges. If that's a bridge you don't want to be on. All right. But like, just like, it's just, it, it's not as deep as we make it. And it's not as personal as we make it. I think we just take things personal. Cause it's like how we perceive it, not actually how it is. Um, and then being able to grow into your next role, um, because there are some extremely smart humans who like I listen to, and I have to listen to about 1200 times to understand like the first sentence they just said. Um, and so ego is going to be a big thing too. Like, don't let that get in the way. Cause that'll stop you from being able to see a lot of different doors. Um, cause if you just see a door and it's like, that's not a power five school, I'm not going there. It's like, this other school one has phenomenal facilities. Like there's some phenomenal high school D2, D3s like that are fun, like great facilities. They can pay well. It's just why? Cause they're not a D1. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. You know? Don't take things personal. Um, you know, if, if here's a good book, the four agreements, um, you know, and one of the agreements is like, don't take things personal. Because the moment you take things personal, it becomes like a, like a, like a, like a me versus you thing. When sometimes people do say mean things, and if, if you don't let that that mean thing hit your head and 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 and, and kind of like you're not taking it in, you're just kind of like bouncing off of you. Um, try to understand the actual message itself. You know, like like I was so pissed, I had to sold med balls. And my hands were hurting because, you know, after a while, and of course I procrastinated like any other good, you know, human. Uh, I was like, oh, I'll do this after the groups. I'll do this after my lift or I'll do this later tonight when no one's here. So I can, you know, throw a podcast in or listen to music or whatever. Um, and then now I'm scrambling to get it done. Cause I said I was going to done by tomorrow morning or whatever. Right. Um, and so it's like, yeah, don't take things personal. Uh, coaches are going to criticize you. Sport coaches are going to come talk to you and be like, oh, I really like this drill. Oh, that guy's stupid. Like, he does no training. I don't tell him what drills to run at practice. Like, we love saying that, right? But it's like, dude, like, put his lenses on or, like, flip the conversation from his perspective. He wants to see something, you know, like, find a, a middle ground. Try to communicate better. But you're going to be able to do this if you don't take things personally. You know, if you don't take like them talking to you as a, as a criticism and even a criticism, is not necessarily a bad thing. You just kind of, it's feedback. Right. Um, and if, if you work with five teams and four teams that come into you asking to change things, like I, I, I will be more inclined to bet that maybe there's something wrong with your delivery, you know? And, and then again, like, don't, please don't take offense to this, right? Don't take it personal. Like, like, try to learn from the situation. You know, my, my first months at Auburn were very rough because I came in with all this energy and very quickly, I felt like I was the worst coach in the world. Matter of fact, I thought about quitting again, right? Um, and the reason was because I felt like the athletes weren't responding to me. You know, and I'm like, why, why is this happening? You know, I have this WNBA experience, like they should be loving the weight room. And that's when I realized like, like Klaus, don't take this personal. The fact that they don't love what you love doesn't make them bad or worse, right? You love strength and conditioning for a reason. Great. Wear that on your sleeves, wear your passion, but also understand that your passion is about 
nudging these players to train more, to enjoy the process. So if you don't make it like that for them, it's just going to be a clash of philosophy and a clash of, of, uh, of interest. You love this so much, they hate it. So every time you come with all that excitement, they're going to, you know, like disperse away from you. So, so it's like, don't take things personal. If your athletes don't like the weight room, try to find ways that they will enjoy a little bit more. And it, it don't get me wrong. Like you're not going to change, you know, overnight. If someone doesn't like the weight room, it might take time. It might take effort. It might take like, Hey, so-and-so let's, let's talk like, what do you think of the session? What's an exercise that you love? What's an exercise that you hate? Is there anything I can do better as a strength coach? You know what I'm saying? Um, I did that at Auburn. Um, I would sit down girls in the, uh, I would sit down players in the weight room and I would ask them uh, like an end of the year survey, right? Hey, what's one thing that the weight room needs to change? Oh, we don't like this. What's one thing that you do like? Oh, we love that. And it's funny, right? Because you start finding, you starting finding some cohesive information. We talk about collecting data from performance. Like, are you, are you auditing your athletes on their experience with the weight room? And, and then flat out, listen, you look at them in the eye and be like, is there anything that me, Klaus, needs to change when I'm coaching you? Yeah, I don't like when you yell. Guess what? You, that could be an outlier, right? That could be one person that's just like, I don't like when you yell. And then you look back and you're like, I never yell at you, but like, guess what? Now I'm taking it personal, right? I never yell at you, but no, dude, just listen, write it down, you know, fold it, make sure no one reads that paper because, you know, information or whatever. But then guess what? When you have 15 surveys, and I know I'm, I'm sorry, like this is easy to do when you only have one team. Uh, if you have six, seven, eight, whatever, like it becomes hard, right? But that's a good tip, right? Because now, now you start writing down. And then even if you erase the name on the top of the paper of who you're talking to, if you have 15 papers and what Klaus can do better as a coach, and then you every person gave you two, three bullet points. And then it says that like Klaus yells too much. Dude, you know, the perception of that team towards you is that you're too loud. So now you can start like tinkering a little bit with your wheelhouse and coaching. It's like, oh, we don't like, like when you explain things with all these fancy words or like when the, the, the pre-lifting breakdown is too long. You know, you're like, dude, I mean, there's in the, in a survey of, you know, 15, 15 athletes, you got that message eight times. And mind you, like these players are coming in individually on their own time or after lift, you know, you select two and then you'd be like, Hey, let's just talk real quick. You know, everybody else can go that way. You can start building, you know, what, uh, one of my favorite questions now in the NBA is like, when we, we get a guy from a different team, it's like, Hey, how was, uh, how was strength and conditioning over there? You know, and I like to call the coaches too. I'm like, Hey, how's so-and-so player? And, and you start logging all this information and it's like you start, you look back and you read and you think about it and you're like, oh, okay. And, and that can really help you. And again, like don't take things personal, right? You have all this amount of information. You read at it clearly. Um, you start finding the patterns and then you can somehow change your, uh, your approach as a coach. And then dude, talk, talk to me and say that that's not evolving and growing. So, like, something that I always say to, like, young coaches that call me or, like, 
I'm not that old, so I don't want to like make myself seem old. But like any any coaches that call me and like want to talk shop, and this always comes up. I've interned a few places. I've G-day a few places. I'm looking for what's next. Like I think it's important to be where your feet are at. But like everyone's gonna give you that advice, right? But to me, it's keep doing, keep working, keep working, like keep working. And don't be afraid to take opportunities that, you know, might not seem like the, it's the, uh, uh, the linear path, right? Like this thing is a linear path. I think the biggest thing that I've learned in my career is bet on yourself and do the work. But like, if you're going to place a bet, you obviously want to feel real comfortable about it, right? So if you don't have a network and you are lazy, then that's an ill-advised bet, right? Like, then you should probably just stay where you're at and hopefully get better. But if you have done work and you have good connections and you have built network, then better yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'd say, like, the, the linear path for me, if you looked at my resume, it'd be RIGA with football, uh, then stay until I get my first assistant spot with football. And then become a head guy and just stay there or ride the, ride the coattails of a coach and then be a power five head guy. But, like, to me, that wasn't impactful. And it wasn't really what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just didn't want to do it. So, like, I, I took some moves that might have seemed ill-advised, but, like, they all paid off. Like, I left football at one point to go to a – Olympic only program in American where we didn't have football and I learned the Olympic lifts from Sean Foster like progressions I've ever seen and years later when I became an Olympic director which I never thought I was going to do I ended up uh, using those progressions and they really paid off and you know when I became Olympic director I worked with uh, I went from football to become an Olympic director and Someone told me, oh, you'll never get back into football. All right, whatever. Uh, well, <laughs> I won't tell the whole story, but a connection I made being an Olympic director got me my job at Arizona with football. I remember that I remember that moment well when you're sitting there, you're like, what am I doing and what, how did I get here? <laughs> um, especially like an internship. I, I mean, I loved my internship. I thought it was great, um, but it was 100% wild. It was good. It was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, so, I mean, as a young coach, I think, and I was hundred uh, percent at fault for this myself, but I think as a young coach, a lot of people are just very eager to get out what they know. Um, and they want to showcase that like uh, the time they spent in that textbook was, was well worth it. And they absorbed all the, all the knowledge they could and like not necessarily have all the answers they have, but like, they want to seem like they're, they're up and with it. I think for me, taking a step back, you know, sitting down and just trying to take in all the information that I was getting during my internship, during my GA, and then trying to really figure out what I can take in and apply to myself to make myself a better coach. You know, what, what I saw around me from my other interns that I could take in because they were going through the same sort of like struggles and then kind of, I guess, um, identifying in themselves what they can work on and what they need to get better at. Um, but the coaches around me as well saying like, you know, what do they do really well? What are they really good at? You know, what are areas that they may need to improve in? And then how does that reflect in myself? How can I kind of like step up and, and maybe help out where I'm needed 
but without overstepping my bounds and kind of like getting into a situation where I'm going to put myself or an athlete at risk. So I think as someone that's an intern or as someone that's coming up as a GA, I think really that time is, is hundred percent for you in trying to figure out what kind of coach you're going to mold into in the next five years and then how that's going to take shape five years after that. Right. Like where do you, you know, that time should be really kind of identifying what coach you are, because I'll tell you right now, when I get in the weight room, I am not a screamer. I am not going to jump up and down. Um, maybe on max out day. Cause I love max out day. Like I love that, but it's a, it's a different energy, but on a regular basis, like I'm, I, you know, I step into the weight room, um, the athletes know I'm there. I have that presence. I'm, you know, I have a good relationship. I like to think that I have a good relationship with a lot of my athletes and that I can go up to them and have a conversation in any given moment of their lift. So like, that's kind of the presence that I had. It was much more casual and saying like, it was a, it was a mutual kind of respect thing. Like I respect that you're here. You're giving me your time, you know, please respect that I'm here and try to give you my time as well and trying to make you a better athlete. So, um, I kind of identified that when I was an intern because I had, you know, I was mostly one-on-one or like maybe one-on-four with athletes as an intern. And I was able to kind of build a rapport with them. So I took that through to the next step. Um, there's one thing that uh, coach Newman, uh, coach Tom Newman would always tell us as interns, always tell all the intern classes. Um, and I say this a lot because I, it's a great saying and I love it. Um, but any of your clients, any of your athletes, um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's a phenomenal saying. And the fact that like, you really like this, this business is very much personal. And, you know, I working in data sometimes maybe take the personal, the, the personalization out of it um, because it, it becomes numbers. It can make, it becomes a little less human, but those numbers and the people you apply those numbers to are human themselves. So uh, for me, it's like, you have to care about the person in front of you. You have to care that they're an individual as well. And they're going through whatever they're going through outside of the four walls of that weight room. So um, I think that is a huge thing for, for new and up and coming coaches to understand that like, this is a people business. You have to have those soft skills of just understanding that like, you know, you're going to have to push people. Um, but everyone's going to have a limit and you got to know when to rein it everything back in. Um, and you got to be able to identify that because it's, it's super, super important, um, for, for kind of coaching, especially young athletes. So, um, I think that's, that's a huge piece of advice that I try to give when I was running the internship, um, in my capacity at Yale, I would always try to, you know, echo that back. Like you really got to understand, like, these are people that you're sitting in front of and, you know, they're going to respond to you with the energy that you give them. And if it's all negative all the time, they're going to give back negative energy all the time. So I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that I try to, I guess, instill in, in young coaches is like, you gotta, you gotta know this is a people business as, as many numbers as you can collect, but you know, the people in front of you, you're, it's, it's their time. It's their hour, right? They should, they showed up. It's, it's kind of like you're on stage. You got to put on the show for them and make sure that their hour is the most enjoyable hours and the most progressive hour they can get in that day. So. Oh, it will get better. I promise. <laughs> I know that life, I know that sometimes that tunnel seems very long and very dark. Um, but some piece of advice that I was given as a young strength coach that I, I'm so thankful that they were given to me. Um, the first one is get out, get out of the weight room, get the heck out of the weight room, put yourself on the floors around people that you, that is the next step for your profession. Right. So um, wherever the AD's office is, wherever all the coaches' offices are, wherever admins' offices are, make sure that you're making the rounds up there, that they know who you are. And that's something as simple as just like walking around and saying hi, becoming friends with the receptionist, becoming friends with the custodians, whatever that might be, right? Um, 
get outside of the weight room, get outside of the weight room and make it known your presence elsewhere because the connections are huge, right? Um, you get one, you know, senior associate AD on your side and they'll make a lot of calls for you to look for those jobs that open up, right? So, you know, helping them out in, in ways that you can and, and reminding yourself too, they're also people, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, like at CU, we started doing like a staff workout session and it was so fun because then it allowed different staff to come meet each other, allowed our staff to meet them. And I have created so many great friendships now just from something as simple as, hey, open staff workout. We'll write a workout for you for one hour once a week on this day, right? And it made it opened a ton of doors for I think a lot of people um, in that regard. The other piece of advice that I was given um, is, and I've been saying this, I think quite a bit during this, but Matt Shaw at the University of Denver, who was just a, if you don't know him, look him up. He's an absolutely, you have, you should know him. Not, I know you do, Isaiah, but like, come on, everybody. Everybody should know who Matt Shaw is. Um, absolutely just fantastic, fantastic, fantastic coach, fantastic individual in general. Um, but he always, he told me really early on in my career when I was working under him is, you know, just saying like, if be the coach, like be who you are as a person on the floor coaching, if you are one person on the floor coaching day in and day out, that will become who you are. And so you need to just be yourself. And some people are really not going to like it. And some people are going to love it. Right. Um, and, but the more that you try to change or mold yourself into something that you aren't, the more it's going to seep into your life um, in other ways that you probably aren't going to be happy with, or maybe you are, maybe that's the change that you needed in general. Right. But if you're not a big yeller, don't yell, <laughs> you don't have, you don't have to. Right. Um, but you can also give space and grace to those who do, right. Everyone is very much a different person. And so, you know, whoever I am, um, on the floor coaching, that's, that's who I am on, you know, on the outside. If you were to meet me on the street, I should be the exact same person. Um, and that was a really, cause especially when you're young, you get told a, probably a lot, this is how you should coach and you have to coach within someone's system. Absolutely. But you also need to find space and grace to be you or else you will drive yourself crazy. The iron game chalk talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always been, made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. 
Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being a strength coach is difficult. And someone once said on our podcast, we pour so much into helping our athletes become better, but we forget who's pouring back into us to help us become better. Without a healthy mind coaching on the floor, programming and maintaining the juggling act that we call life can be difficult. The good news is the therapists at BetterHelp are here to help you. Therapy can be whatever we want it to be. Maybe you need the tools to help you keep motivated, or maybe you're feeling burnt out from long days in the weight room, or you just need someone to talk to. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist at a time that works for you. We have a very busy schedule as a strength coach, and the last thing we need to do is be driving to an office and sitting in a waiting room. Simply log into your account and message or speak to your therapist from anywhere at a time that works for you. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp also assesses your needs and will match you with one of over 20,000 therapists in their network. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself and make your mind your best asset. We train to keep our bodies strong and resilient. Now it's time to invest in our mental health too. And as a special offer to Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 listeners, you can get 10% off your month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash chalk. That's betterhelp.com slash C-H-A-L-K. And thanks again for BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.